You are now listening to Zikaek Podcast, proclaiming the gospel, Jesus as Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Common King. A blessed morning to everyone. I believe the Lord has spoken to us while we were lifting our hands and our hearts in worship. And this morning, we will continue with our study in the book of Second Peter, so please open your Bibles with me. This is the second to the last of the sermon series called Beyond Common. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. I will read from the New American Standard Bible, 1995 edition. The word of the Lord says, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by this, He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. May the good Lord bless the reading of His Word. This morning, we will be tackling two of the virtues that we have been looking at. We started with an introductory sermon of the series Beyond Common, and then we proceeded with verses 6 and 7, looking at those virtues mentioned by Peter. The first one that is on the list is faith. But faith is assumed already since the believer has a faith or a relationship with Jesus. And so it directly stated, with all your diligence to your faith, supply moral excellence and so on and so forth. Last Sunday, we discussed about godliness. This morning, we will talk about brotherly kindness and love. These two virtues we will talk about together because they are intertwined or directly connected with each other, okay? So we will be looking at, delving into the text and see what the Lord has in store for us this very morning. If I am going to look at the definition of the word brotherly kindness, I chose to deal with it in relation to love because brotherly kindness actually literally means love or affection for your fellow brother and sisters within the family. The word brotherly or the statement brotherly kindness, these words are actually pertaining to a relationship within the family. This is Philadelphia in Greek text. So when you think about this word Philadelphia, it denotes a relationship within the family. Why 
does Peter use the word Philadelphia, which is supposedly within the family yung kanyang kinokot na meaning, why does he use this in terms of the relationship of the believers within the church? Well, the reason behind is that when we look at each other, when we come together, we are not just a set of different people coming together. But when we come together, there is something that binds us closer to each other. When we come together, we don't just meet with someone from different, a friend or a brother from a different mother, but when we meet together, we belong to one family. That is why we call each other brother, sister in Christ. Because once you become a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, He gives you the right to become a child of the living God. And because you are a child of the living God, your seatmate is a child of the living God. By the virtue of his faith in Christ, that person seated next to you at the front of yours, at your back, these are all children of the living God. And because of that, on the same virtue of faith in Christ, then we are brothers and sisters in Christ. There is something that holds us together and that is related to the idea of Philadelphia, that we are related and we have that love and affection for each other. You cannot segregate the love that you should have for your brother and sister from the love of God and your love for the Lord. I saw a video of a preacher illustrating this through a wheel, a bicycle wheel, wherein he said, this wheel has different spokes. Yung mga spoke, yung nakikita natin na parang walis ting-ting na nagmumula sa labas papunta sa pinaka-middle ng gulong. Sabi niya, the one in the middle represents God. Each spoke represents the believer. You come together and you are directly connected to the Lord. And the closer you go to the middle of the wheel, the closer the spokes get together. Because one can never say, I am just close to God and I don't like to be close with my fellow brother and sister. That cannot happen because the closer you move to God, it is assumed that you are also drawing closer with each other. Peter used a term that is supposedly, that is used for to describe about a family relationship in terms of describing about the relationship of the believers within the church. So the word Philadelphia by itself denotes love and affection already. That is why I chose to deal with this statement, brotherly kindness along with love. Well, love, other English translations use the word charity because it is not only talking about your love for your fellow believers. It goes outside of the church. Love is a very powerful thing. That is why Peter was trying to give this idea to the believer, to your, not only to your moral excellence, supply knowledge, to your knowledge, supply this and that. After he said to your godliness, you supply Philadelphia and you supply agape. You supply brotherly kindness and you supply love. The next question that I had in mind when I look at the text is this. Why did Peter arrange it that way? Because I believe in the way he arranged the virtues in this passage that we are looking at right now. 
the way he arranged the virtues is not just a random selection of virtues, but there was a reason behind his mind why he arranged it that way. As I have mentioned to you last week, why did he place godliness after perseverance? Because perseverance assumes pressure. And when there is a pressure, there is a high tendency that a human being, even a believer, will respond to another person in a bad way. That's why sabi niya, to your perseverance supply godliness. Because godliness, the way we understood it in our study last week, it means that you are to reflect the character of God through your life. That I am to, if I am a godly person, I am not just a person who memorizes a lot of biblical passages. I am not just a person who attends fellowship Sunday to Sunday. But I am a person who exemplifies in my life the character of God. No wonder he, asked, he, he said to the believers, to your perseverance, supply godliness, because often when there is pressure, we are tempted to act that is not displaying the character of God. Now, after saying supply godliness, he said to your godliness, supply Philadelphia, supply brotherly kindness. Why did he say it this way? Why did he added, add, I mean, the word brotherly kindness to godliness. Now, as I study this staircase, oh, by the way, Peter was using a literary device called sorite, okay, in his writing. Sorite or a ladder or a staircase or gradation. The idea of this literary device is it is standing from one virtue and it develops up to the climax. And the climax of this sorite is love. So all of these virtues are standing on faith. Faith is the very basic element. Because faith is the one that connects you with Christ. Faith is the one that makes you a child of God. When you put your faith in Jesus, you become a child of God. So these virtues are standing on faith. And then it climaxes with love. And why love? Because basically, if you observe Christianity, especially Christian virtue, love is the highest virtue that we, what is this, possess. It is like the, the gem of the crown that a person can have. It is the climax of the sorite. It is the climax of this idea that Peter is trying to convey. Because love is very powerful. I remember a doctor. His name is Dr. Carl Menninger. He's a medical doctor, a noted medical doctor, and at the same time, a psychologist. He was having a study in his hospital. He looked at the patients and he observed that they stay for so long in the hospital before they recover. He said, I want to make an experiment. And there is something that I would like to propose to my staff and the rest of the people that are working with me in the hospital. And so he gathered all of them one day. And this is what he instructed to them. He said, I want all of us to exemplify love in everything that we do in the hospital. You may be a janitor if you are cleaning the floor, if you are washing some things at the kitchen 
or at the, what is this, wherever it may be, if you're doing something as a janitor, do it with love. And that means to say that when you are cleaning the lobby, when you are wiping the tables, when you are cleaning the bed, when you are changing those sheets, don't show a poker face. Don't show a face that is a complaining one. Show a face that expresses love. And the janitors all agreed. He talked to the nurses and the rest of the doctors, everyone in the hospital. He said, when you serve, enter the room and let the patient see you that you are serving with love. When you say a word, say those words motivated by love. Do everything with love. Let's do that and let's observe. Let's do that for six months. All of them agreed. And so the doctor noted of those things that could be great variables for his observation. He listed down even those length of time that the patients were hospitalized back then. And then he wanted to see how long they were hospitalized, this particular sickness, this particular condition. How long did this patient stay in this hospital? And then he, he made that observation. He listed all of them. And now with this idea of love, he started with another observation. At the end of six months, this is what he discovered. Those patients, in contrast to those patients that stayed with them, itong naka-experience ng service with love. Significantly, the span of time that the patient stayed in the hospital reduced about 60% ang length of time that they stayed in the hospital. One of the conclusions that this doctor came up is that the service of love affects even the healing or the recovery, recovery of the patients inside the hospital. That powerful love is. 50%. So malaki pala yung epekto. Well, I think that really affects. This guy is not just a medical doctor. He's at the same time a psychologist. So when he studied all these things, he placed all those data, he, put a, he, he studied both, compared and contrasted all those data that he gathered, and that's what he came up. 50% of the span of time that those people stayed in the hospital was cut after they experienced the real love service of those individuals in that hospital. Love is very powerful. No wonder when Peter mentioned about godliness, he never failed to say, add to it, supply to it, brotherly kindness or love for your fellow believer and love that is charity. Why? Because it is very powerful. And directly, directly following godliness, this is what I have observed. After saying to your perseverance, supply godliness, he said to your godliness, supply brotherly kindness and love. Why is that so? Added to that reason that I have stated earlier is this. If you look at brotherly kindness and love, or love for your fellow believers and love for the people around you, the rest of the people even outside of the church, these two virtues are actually direct application of godliness. Brotherly kindness and love or charity these are direct applications of godliness. What is godliness again? Godliness is 
reflecting through your life the character of God. You think of brotherly kindness within the family. How are we relating ourselves with others, the people around us within the church, that is brotherly kindness? Do we exemplify our lives with affection and love for our fellow believers? I am glad that I am seeing it here in Zikaek, especially when we are under pressure. You know why I said that? I saw this during the siege. Many people were coming, expressing their love, extending help to those who were affected. We experienced this during the pandemic. Many of our brethren are sending messages that are encouraging people around. Many of our people are sending help, not only monetary, but even goods, so that we can send them to those who are in need. That is an expression of love. At least we can see that in Zikai. Though we are also not neglecting the reality that there are times there are divisions in our midst. There are factions, there are quarrels, there are disappointments, there are exchanging of hurtful words around us. There are things like that that are present in our midst. And thus it only tells us that there is still a lot of things that we need to work with in our lives as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Brotherly kindness is an application of godliness. And I am dealing with this word brotherly kindness, Philadelphia this morning, along with agape, which is love, because if, if Philadelphia is affection and love for someone who is a member of the family, agape is loving even those people who are not part of the family who are outside of the faith. We ought to love them still. Here is the idea. It's like a ripple effect. I am thanking the Lord that we are staying in the campus of Ebenezer Bible College and Seminary. So even during the pandemic, I can bring my children at the beach area. We play with them, sometimes hired and sick. Sometimes we run away. Sometimes I mean we run from each other and catch each other, run after each other. Sometimes we play other stuff at the beach. But there are a lot of moments wherein we found ourselves just standing at the shore, picking little stones and throwing them to the waters. And every time we, we threw a stone on the water, it creates a circular effect on the surface. We call that ripple effect. As the stone hits the water, it creates a circular shape. It goes bigger and bigger until it disappears. That exactly is what I am seeing when I look at the text because Peter was advising the believers to practice as an immediate application to godliness, practice brotherly kindness. That we ought to exemplify love among ourselves for each other. I am thankful for those individuals who are really showing concern to their brothers and sisters. I have mentioned about this last time. Someone chatted with me and said, Pastor, I am here in Hong Kong. I am worshiping the Lord with you every Sunday through online worship. 
I have heard you mentioned once that there are people who are also affected by the COVID-19. Here is a help, a small amount from my heart, and I would like you to determine who's that person who could receive this little amount of money. Is the church helping them, pastors? And I pastor, yes. I said, yes, the church is helping our people. She said, yes, I would like to join in helping. I am sending this little amount, and then I extended it to one of our members. And then a few Sundays ago, another person came and said, Pastor, he's a little amount, and I am giving this for someone who is a victim of COVID-19. That is the, that, those are the scenarios that we are experiencing here in Zikaik. And I'm grateful to the Lord for those experiences because it only shows to us. Though not all of us are doing it in a visible manner, I, I, I am seeing that many of us are actually doing it. Showing concern, love, and affection to our fellow believers. But as I have said, it is like a stone that landed on the surface of the water. It is not the end itself because it grows bigger. It transcends, I mean, it goes beyond the borders of the church. That is why Peter said, To your godliness, supply brotherly kindness, Philadelphia. To your brotherly kindness, supply agape, supply love. Because love or charity, the idea that is mentioned here is not only contained within the church, it goes beyond the borders of the church. How are we loving our brothers and sisters? And how are we loving those people who are outside the fellowship? Even the unlovable. This is a struggle. This is easier said than done. I myself found myself many times in a situation where I'm struggling of displaying love to the unlovable. It's hard. But it is no reason to give it as an alibi not to try. Because after all, God said himself, or Peter himself mentioned here, that he has given us the divine power. And that's the Spirit of God. He is challenging us to live beyond common. Because what is common among human beings is this. We love whoever is loving us. We love those individuals who are kind to us. We love those people who are generous to us. That is common. But to live beyond common in the concept of Christianity is that we exemplify the virtue of love even to those unlovable. What you see at the cross of Jesus, it's beyond common. He died for undeserving people like you and me. It's beyond common. Love or charity is not only for the church within the believers. It goes beyond the borders of the church. It goes beyond. From time to time, I ask people, why do you go to Zikaek? I receive many answers. Well, if I ask you the question, what will your answer be? Why do you come to Zikaek? There are many churches in Zamboanga City. Why do you come to Zikaek? Or those of you who are watching online, why do you join Zikaek in our online worship service? You're just a click away from another worship service. 
And I believe I would receive several, many several reasons from all of you. Those common reasons I heard are like this. Pastor, I like the music. I like the music. It, uh, the worship experience, it assures me to really worshiping the Lord. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Another person said, Pastor, I love coming to Sikaik because there is a huge parking space. Well, I tell you, we're having a problem of parking also in, in Zikaik. But at least we have a parking area. That's a reality. A pastor complained to me one time. Pastor, Pastor JR, I said, yes. And I saw on the face of the pastor, he was really very sad. And I felt sad about it also. And then he said, you know, a few months ago, I have a member who have been asked, has been asking for a prayer that I will join him in praying for a vehicle. And then, well, just last week, he acquired a brand new vehicle. So you should be happy for him. And the pastor said, yes, I am happy for him. But that's just half of the story. And I asked, why? Because he said, after I dedicated the car, he whispered something to me and said, Pastor, wala man tayo parking sa church. Pwede mo balhin na lang kuog kanilar. Tawin-tawin po ang pastor, di man kabalibad. And the member started coming to Zikaik. Another person said, well, that's a valid reason. Okay, I'm not saying that's a bad reason. That's a valid reason also. Kasi kung magasgasan yung sasakyan mo, ikaw rin magkakaproblema. Let's just be practical. Another is, some person said, Pastor, we like the explanation of the word. It's relevant. It hits our heart. We understand clearly. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Some people would say, just this morning, somebody approached me after the service. He said, Pastor, nakaugalian ko na. And then I ask him further, and then what do, you, what do you mean by that? Sabi niya, if I don't attend the service in Sikaik, I feel na parang may kulang. May kulang sa linggo ko. Well, probably some of you are feeling that way also. That's not a bad reason. That can be a good reason also. Some people would say, I love coming to Sikaik, Pastor, because my friends are there. Or I love to join the online worship of Zikaek Pastor because the audio is very clear. Some people would say, and the video also is clear. So we chose to join Zikaek. Some people also said that we join Zikaek because every member of the family are, is there. So we just go together in one church. So there could be many reasons that we could give. But one reason, one reason that touched my heart one time, when I asked someone, a new face in Sikaeg, when we got a little bit close already, I opened up with a conversation, and I asked the question, why do you go to Sikaeg? And the person said, you know what, Pastor? When we were so down in the family, God used Sikaeg to let us feel that someone cares. God used Sikaeg 
to let us feel that someone cares. When I heard that line, I also remembered what Rick Warren said. People out there won't care what you know until they know that you care. When love is exemplified beyond words, outside the corner of the building, outside the fellowship of the believers, when love is exemplified even to your neighbors, when it is translated not only in, in, in the way we say it, but when it is translated to action in our behavior, it shows only that Christ is living in us and that's going to affect even those people who have a very hard heart and hard head. When they see that the church loves them, it is when they will begin to care about what the church can tell them about. If you show care, they will start to care about what we know. We know about the salvation and the love of Christ. We know about those things. How are we exemplifying this? No wonder Peter said, To your godliness, supply brotherly kindness, the love and affection for your fellow believers. Because how can you love the outsiders if you don't even love the people who are with you during worship service? Love for the fellow believers and love even for those people who are outside the fellowship. Because when we love, listen to this very carefully. When we love, it is only the moment when we truly reflect the character of God. When we love. We can only, as stated on your screen, we can only truly reflect the character of God when we live with love. Paul also mentioned about this. When you look at the book of Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, he said, But the fruit of the Spirit, take note of the singular word fruit, followed by a singular linking verb, is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then he stated the rest of the virtues as ramifications of love. Meaning to say, Paul assumes that if you love, you can be generous. If you love, you can be kind. If you love, you can exemplify the other virtues. Does Peter disagree with Paul? No. Peter just used another literary device called sorite and Peter put it as a climax because it is the jewel of the crown of the Christian virtue. Love is there at the climax. Not only Peter was admonishing about this matter, not only Paul was giving this idea. When Jesus was once confronted by a Pharisee, he said, what is the greatest commandment, teacher? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And the second one is as important as the first. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as, your neighbor as yourself. 
Take note of this. He did not say, love your brother. Because if he, he, if he is talking about your fellow believers in the church, Jesus could have said, love your brother and your sister. He said, love your neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Anybody that are there around you when you go outside of the church. Anybody. And what did he advise? Love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because this second commandment, is as important as the first one, love God. So you cannot say, I cannot say, I can only love God, but I would hate other people who do not deserve my love. We cannot say that because once we love God, it assumes that we can, we can love and we should love those people even if they are unlovable. That is actually what the cross is talking about. When you look at the cross of Jesus, it doesn't only exemplify grace, it doesn't only exemplify salvation, it exemplifies love for people who do not deserve. Yes, you may complain about this, Pastor. It's hard. How can I love someone who is unlovable? How can I love someone who insults me? How can I love someone who goes against me? How can I love that someone? Is it possible for us to change that question? into something like this. How can a loving God love someone like me? Because at the end of the day, the subject of our love, in the first place, it became our place. We became the subject of God's love. You and I were unlovable. The Word of God is clear about that. For He loved us when we were still sinners. He loved us when we were still His enemies. Now that we experience the love that can love even an enemy, bring that love to the world. This is the message of the Lord for us today. To your godliness, supply brotherly kindness. Supply love for the rest of the world. God bless us all and may we all live in love. You just heard a message from Zamboanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekaic Ministries. God bless!